0: Start with a question, and um, to get us get us rolling here today. How how do you determine how much something is worth? How do you determine that? You ask me. It's about time. It's about money. Uh, It seems to be about how much of those two things you're willing to give up, you're willing to part with to attain whatever that thing is. So I think you and I end up declaring what that something is worth. It's you and I. It's like the supply and demand kind of thing. It's you and I who determine. This is not an economics course, by the way. You and I determine that, what it's worth. I spend a lot of money, a lot of time and a lot of money at restaurants. In case you can't tell, that's a big line item in our budget. (laughs) I think Patrick and Tammy are the same as us. They go out a lot. But it's not as evident on them as it is on me. All right? They stay in shape. Tony eats the worst food in the world. And he tells me that he has to run, and that's why he runs 100 miles, is to work that off. So I'm not the only one that likes to eat in here. You come to our life group and you'll know that. <clears throat> Some of you love to give gifts. You 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 spend a lot of time looking for that you searching for that perfect gift and then once you find it, you'll spend lots of money to get that perfect gift. Some of you will spend a lot on things like concert tickets. You see your favorite group there. Rolling Stones and Fleetwood Mac and Eagles. Those are all popular groups today. How about Justin Timberlake? Is that a little closer? Um, Elevation. Elevation. There's some people out out doing uh, doing that this weekend, uh, their concert. And Hillsong. Tickets range from... 125 bucks to like 450 bucks for a seat. Um, the hottest concert this year is "Bad Bunny. I already got my tickets. Uh, <laughs> it's a joke. I hope you know that. Um, 180 dollars for the minimum ticket, up to 13 grand for one seat. Who in the world would pay? So much. I don't know who it is. I don't know. But to someone, listen to me, it's worth it. Some people pay $4,500, I've heard, for a four-day pass to the Masters Golf Tournament. The most prestigious, most awesome golf tournament there is on this planet. In Augusta, Georgia, it's so cool. I've never been there. My son went. Did not take me. Took his friend. Did not take me. Um, but if I had it, that's probably Jake. Where I'd spend my money, right there. I'd probably do that. Some some people will pay upwards of. Listen to me. Two hundred thousand dollars for tickets. By the way, that was Devin. I don't want to accuse Dustin of that. That was Devin. <laughs> <laughs> but some people pay up to $200,000 for tickets to attend a, like a special, like the Super Bowl or, or to a, a championship game or to a, a boxing match. Uh, Two hundred grand for a seat. I, I, I don't understand it, but it's worth it to them. Cars. I've been told a McLaren... Um, that went for you know $3.6 million. A Lamborghini, which that's my, my grandson's favorite car, and every time they start it up back here, he goes running out there to see that thing. Uh, $4.5 million. Uh swept tail by Rolls Royce, $13 million. Um, uh, homes for 750 million in France, 400 million in penthouse in Monte Carlo, a billion dollar home in, in Mumbai, India. These people paid up. These people sacrificed, and they they de- listen to me very closely. They declared by the time that they invested and by the, the money that they paid in, they declared the worth of these things that they bought to them. Many of you know this already, but did you know that Jesus says often in the Bible <clears throat> that the primary reason for our existence is to declare his worth. To worship God. That, that's what worship means, to declare worth. We we were, listen to me, we were made, we were made for the for the most part anyway, to worship God. To say it another way, the Bible says it this way: Love the Lord God with all your heart. Wait, 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 wait. With all your heart. With all. Everybody, say all. All. Love the Lord God with all of your heart, all your mind, all your soul. With, in other words, with everything in you, love Him. Love Him. That's the most important purpose of your life. It's why you were born is to declare. His worth, to declare his worth. And yet, many people think, and perhaps there are some of you that are thinking this even today, well, why do you think I'm here today, pastor, right now? It's to give you know, my hour or so on Sundays here at church. You know, If I have time, I'm here. If I have time, if I don't have time, you know, something more important comes along, but otherwise, I'm here. For some of you, it may be like some religious box, if you will, that you have to check off for the week or for the month. You hear me? Uh, uh, you come to church and you listen to a few songs and you get your feels, you know, good feels if, uh, if the message is somehow turns out to be good and you get on with the things that you really wanna do on your day off after that. I don't know about you, but I see people who will do anything, and I mean anything, for more money you know anybody like that they'll have two jobs three jobs they'll do they'll cheat and steal and they'll do everything they can to get more money to get more money they'll they'll sacrifice anything for more of it did you guys know that the bible says that the love of money is the root is the root of all evil the love of money And some people do anything for more possessions, a fancier car, a bigger car, a faster car, a bigger house, and they'll do anything for their careers. They'll do anything for the love of sports. Okay, so I'm gonna raise my hand right here, okay? Because that's me. I, 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 I spent time day after day after day It didn't matter. Golf, baseball, fast-pitch softball, slow-pitch softball, tennis, racquetball, whatever. I was playing it. It was way too much. I love, I still love sports. I don't play them as much, like near as much, like never. I, I I attempt golf, but that's, I don't even call that playing. But I attempt golf. But I want to tell you something. The reason why, I man, when I played sports, and, and my sons were the same way. If if I was hurt, and a guy said, "Oh, you want you want to take the bench, <laughs> dude? Get out of here." You know what I'm talking about? I'm playing. Uh, you can. I got a sub for you. No, you don't need a sub. I'm in. You know what I'm talking about, uh, Anthony? I mean, it's like, no. I know some of you guys know what I'm talking about here. Uh, No, you don't have to sub me. I want to play. It's like deep inside me. You're not getting me to sit down. I'm playing. That's what I want to do. We were playing softball one time. I didn't even mean to tell this story. We were playing softball one time. This is how much of an idiot I am. We were playing slow pitch softball, and my boys were getting to that age where they were playing with the men now, and, of course, now I don't play because I'm, I would be playing with the men. And um, so they, they, we were playing, and a <clears throat> guy hits this fly ball in the outfield, and uh, the left fielder tells Devin, the left center fielder, he says, plenty of room, plenty of room. And all of a sudden, smack, he hit himself on the chain link fence right in the face. And it wasn't on the soft part, it was on the pole. Bam, and he went down. I didn't even run out there. He's on the ground. He finally gets up, and then he gets about halfway to where his position was, and he goes down on his knee. And I'm like, come on, man, let's go. We got a game to play. It wasn't quite like that, but it was pretty close to that. I made him finish. I didn't make him. He probably wanted to, but at the same time, we finished that game. Then we took him, I think, to the hospital and had him checked. <laughs> Priorities. Priorities. But my point that I'm trying to make is, is we loved, I mean, you, you couldn't get us to sit back. No, that ain't, that ain't happening. But people try to do anything, anything for the love of sports. In fact, Try to wrap it up in a, in a package, and, and he said, Well, I do, I do this. This is for my kids. It's for my kids. Listen, close parents. If you're not, um, who will be the example to your kids for declaring his worth? I just want you to let that resonate with you just a little bit. <clears throat> I, I've heard it said, you know, things like, you know, I'm, I'm, I signed up for it and I'm going to be here. I, I you know, I, I'm going to be at this meeting. You know, I signed up to do this. I, I signed up to teach at the church. I signed up to be in the guest services area. I, I signed up for this and I signed up for that. I'm going to be there. And, and trust me, guys, what great, awesome integrity and character that is. That's about your character. And I think that's incredible. But I want you to hear something. If the reason why you're doing it is, is to, try to try to make sure that you're, you're, you're keeping up with your integrity or keeping up with your good character, God, God's saying, don't, I, don't do it at all. I want it from your heart. I want you to be here because you want to be here. I, I, you know If somebody said to you, uh, no, 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 I, I got a sub for you teaching. No, 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 you don't sub for me teaching. I'm back there, buddy. You see what I'm saying? That, that's what I'm talking about when I'm, when I'm talking here today. You can tell what a person worships by the way he or she lives their life. You can tell what people worship by the decisions that they make, by the values that they have, by the way they talk, by the way that they, they think, by how much money they or time they spend, by how much money they spend. It's a, listen to me, it's a reflection of what's truly going on on the inside, what's truly going on in the heart. Jesus said, Love me with all your heart, with all your heart. If you really want to know what somebody believes, what somebody values, look at how they live their life. So my question for you today is, based on your life, based on your relationship with him, based on the way that you live, how much is Jesus worth to you? Can you imagine if the only time I ever gave Crystal attention, if the only time I ever acknowledged, if the only time I ever paid attention to her was in public or on a Sunday? That wouldn't be much of a marriage, would it? Wouldn't last long. It's about what I do, listen to me very closely, what I do every day. It's about what I do in the car, it's about what I do... Uh, at home. It's what I, how I talk to her uh, live, how I talk to her on the phone. It's about the things that happen between the weekends. It's about life together. It's about 24-7 relationship. Worship is. In the fourth chapter of John, there's a conversation that Jesus had with a Samaritan woman, and she was an outcast. She was I guess in our days we would say she was a nobody and and um but get this it's it's the longest conversation recorded in scripture that Jesus has with anybody You would think that that would have been with like one of his disciples or with with you know some religious leader and 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 of all of the subjects that it would be about all of the topics that it would be about, it was about worship. This woman uh, says to Jesus, my people say that you're supposed to worship on this mountain, and your people say that you're supposed to worship in this temple. Who's right? And Jesus' answer was, in essence, you don't get it. You, you don't get it. It's not about the form. It's not about the fashion. It's not about where. It's about who. It's about who. It's about who we worship. It's about who we worship. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus said in John chapter four, verse 23, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. I would like to unpack that verse just for a little bit here today, and then we're gonna let you all go home. Jesus said to worship in spirit from the heart, That's something that's inward. Worship is from the heart. And when you are, when you are able to see it, it's just a reflection of what's flowing out of the inside. Coming to church doesn't make you a worshiper. But truly, truly wanting truly wanting to come to church, truly desiring to praise him together with other believers, man, it's awesome. And he just loves that. He loves that. Jesus loves it. Worship is an authentic, honest expression from the heart and it's expressed outwardly. Listen to me, every day, every day. It's not just for an hour on Sunday. In the way that you speak, every day. In in, in the things that you do every day, In, in, in the way that you act, in the decisions that you make, in the way that you live every day, every day, are you worshiping the Father in spirit? Then he says, you have to worship in truth. That's when it's totally transparent, that's when like, like there's like, it, it's truthful and it's open and it's honest and it's, it's like nothing's hidden. There's no agenda, there's nothing under the covers. It's the true, no pretending involved you. And that means that you can call and you can tell God anything. In fact, in Psalms, so many times you, you find that David is actually complaining in worship. He's complaining. He, he's not happy, he's telling God all about it. And and, and here's the deal. By doing that, he's actually worshiping. He's actually acknowledging God, the one who has the power to to resolve his conflict anyway. True worship is about openness and authenticity. and, And what God wants most from you in worship is you. He's looking for relationship with you, with you. He's, listen to me, he's certainly not looking for you to fulfill some ritual or some, some tradition or some duty or some obligation. Let's look at John 4.23 again, but I'm just going to look at the last uh, sentence, uh, part of the sentence where it says, uh, these people that worship Father in spirit and truth, it says, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father God seeks heartfelt worship. He's seeking, he's looking, listen to me, he's looking for people who, who desire him uh, more than anything else. He's looking for people who come openly and honestly to his throne, worship him like that, listen to me, and he seeks you out. What a thought! to have the creator of the universe seeking you. Like a, like a good shepherd hears the voice or, or the sound of uh, uh, of his lost sheep. And he will come, listen to me, he'll come and find you and he'll rescue you. He'll leave the 99. He, he will invade your circumstance, he will invade your situation, he will invade your troubles, listen to me, with his presence that we sang about here today. He will invade your, all of that, all of that that's going on in your life with his presence. Why, why in the world would God, if he's the creator of the universe, all powerful, all knowing, why does he ask me to worship him? Am, am I somehow stroking his ego? Do do I have to butter him up so that he can do some nice things for us? Uh, Is he insecure, sitting in a corner somewhere, uh, hoping that that somebody notices him? I'm going to tell you an emphatic no to that. Worship, listen to me very closely, worship isn't for God's benefit at all. Worship, it's all for our benefit. All of it is. How? Just an example. Worship rightly aligns you and I with God. There's a a very important exchange that takes place when we worship God. Listen to David here in Psalm 22, verse 3. You are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Every kingdom has a king. Every king has a throne and every king is on the throne, sits on the throne. It, it says he's enthroned on the praises of Israel. When I worship, when, when, when I praise him today, man, the songs couldn't have lined up more. Uh, when, when, when I lift him up, when I, when I declare his worth, I'm placing him over me In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, Isaiah has this vision of God. He says, I saw the Lord, and he was seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. The temple is a place of worship. Isaiah saw that what David wrote about, the Lord was enthroned on the praises of his people. Here's the principle. When we worship God, listen to me now closely, with our life, when we worship God with our life, we bring ourselves into alignment. We bring ourselves into right alignment with the throne of God. Whew. And his throne is a throne of grace. It's the place of his authority. It's the place where he, he, his rulership If you want God's authority and rulership in your life, if you want his grace in your life, you need to bring yourself underneath the throne of God for that, for his grace, for his protection. That's what it means to say that the Lord is enthroned on the praises of his people. The next thing, his throne is a throne of grace. Everything that we need in life Everything, strength, courage, wisdom, health, peace, mercy, forgiveness, love, everything we need, all of that we need in life is the gift of God's grace, all of it. And it's available at the throne of God. And all we have to do, guys, is bring ourselves underneath that throne by offering our worship, to submit ourselves to him. The word submit means to stand under, okay? When when we stand under the throne of God by offering him our praises and our worship, we put him on the throne, listen to me, of our life when we do that. When we do that, we make ourselves available to the grace of God. The grace of God is always, listen to me very closely, the grace of God is always, always, always available to us. I want you to listen very closely. We're just not always available to his grace. We need to bring ourselves under subjection Bring ourselves to worship, saying, "Lord, you are God, and I'm not. Uh, uh, you you you've got it all figured out, and I don't. You 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 know what to do, and I don't know. You are greater than I am, and, and, and I want to live my life under the authority and under the rulership. I, I want your kingdom to come and your will be done in my life. Uh, so so that all of my life, all of my life can be lived in your grace, in your grace." So there's a choice that we've gotta make. It's a decision that you must make. Worship aligns you with the throne of grace. So here's the question that you need to answer today. Do you need God's grace in your life today? You're facing some issue, some crisis, some thing that's happening in your life and you're saying, you know what, I don't know what to do, but I need God in the middle of these things. I've gotta get him there. And the way to get him there is to worship him. You can choose to say, you know what? I'm gonna stand firm in my pride. I'm going to handle this, everything on my own. I'm going to you know, be my own boss. I'm going to set the agenda. I'm gonna make my own rules, whatever, however you wanna say it, and then spend the rest of your life, I'm gonna tell you right now, trying to stumble your way through all that junk. Or you can come as the Lord invites you to submit yourself to him in worship and take advantage yourself of all of the good offers in his grace. It's your choice. We can either be proud or we can be humble. And I'll tell you, worship is an act of humility. It's it's impossible to worship, listen to me very closely, it's impossible to worship and be proud at the same time. A proud man praises nobody but himself but a humble man will recognize the value and the worth of others. You look at James chapter four, verse six. God, listen, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. In other words, pride repels, (laughs) repels the grace of God. Pride is a grace repellent, Pride looks like those things that we stick out in our patio, you know? Little flames and things like that, that we, that we repel the mosquitoes away. That's what pride is. God resist it. Another translation says, wow, he opposes the proud. Man, I do not want to be on the other side, on the opposing side of God, but he gives grace to the humble. Now, where pride repels, humility attracts. Humility attracts the grace of God. Humility attracts grace like a magnet. I hope you heard that, like a magnet. If you want the grace of God in your life, then you come in humility, and you offer God your worship today. In Psalm 89, verse 15, it says, blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence, O Lord. Worship invites God, listen to me very closely, we taught, we sang about it today, into your presence. Worship invites God into your presence. Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you. Blessed are those who have learned to worship you. Listen, worship is a learned behavior according to this verse. It's something that we have to practice. It's a discipline, but, but there's a payoff. If we, if we do learn to worship, the scripture says, blessed are those who have learned to acclaim. To acclaim means to welcome joyfully, with a loud shout. Now this is church, we don't do that here. Do we? Well, you take any Sunday afternoon in the fall, in a football stadium, when their team comes out running onto the field, You, you, you go in the early spring like Pastor Dustin and, and, and Jenna go to the opening day at Bush Stadium when the Cardinals first take the field. That's what a claiming is right there. Now, do, do we do that in church? Should we do that in church? Oh, come on. I, I, I've seen better for Ozzie Smith's flips. Come on, let's stand and give him some some praise. Let's stand all across this building and give him what he deserves. Hey, he's as much as you give him. You declare his worth today. You declare his worth. Thank you, Jesus. Shall we all stand? Ha! Ah, Lord, as the worship team comes... I want you to stay standing. The Bible says, blessed are those who have learned to welcome the Lord into the arena of their life because they walk in the light, listen to me, of God's presence. To walk in scripture here doesn't mean to just put one foot in front of the other. It's talking about, listen to me, a lifestyle. It's talking about uh, how you live your life, not on Sundays, every day, not just on Sundays. So, so those who learn to welcome the Lord into their situation, into their trouble, into their life, then they live and they move and they have their being in the light of God's very own presence. And isn't guys, isn't that what we all want? To be in his presence? Isn't that why we come to church? Isn't that uh, what we all desire? Just to be close to him? Because when life happens, what would it be like, imagine, if you could live life in the presence of the one who is the healer? You're here today and you need a touch. I know the gateway to get to the healer. When what would it be like to experience life in the presence of the one who's the great counselor? The one who's the, the comforter. To experience life close to the one who's the Prince of Peace. Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim, to welcome him into their presence. Because when they live their life in the light of God's presence, find in His presence. Oh my goodness. That's where we find peace. That's where we find mercy. That's where we find the grace and forgiveness. That's where we find fullness of joy. That's where we find what we need that's what that's where we find healing all of that is available to us when we are close